Untherapeutic is a relationship podcast for people who don't go to therapy. A healthy blend of professional and personal perspective, Untherapeutic explores real, unaddressed issues in everyday relationships. I'm your host, Dr. Nick Hardy, psychotherapist out of Houston, Texas. All right, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Untherapeutic, a relationship podcast for people who may not go to therapy. So today we're joined by Willie Cruz. He's the director of athletic performance for the Houston Rockets. So I'm going to let Willie kind of tell you a little bit about himself, but I'm excited today because obviously health and relationships go hand in hand. So many of us are trying to improve our health. So many people want our spouse to improve their health, but we just don't have the tools on how to go about it. So Will is going to help us uh, do that today, and I'm excited about it. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Willie. My name is Willie Cruz. I'm from Rochester, New York, born and raised uh, to a Colombian mother, African-American father. I lived in Rochester for about 13 years before our family moved to Michigan, I lost my father at a, at a very young age, so was raised by a strong single mother. Uh, she did a really good job just instilling uh, core values in us and helping us uh, with our, our faith um, along the journey, um, figuring out who, who, who we wanted to be in this world, right? And so from there, I played college basketball at Eastern Kentucky University, got a full-ride scholarship. Unfortunately, I got hurt um, as... Anybody who's who's played sports before, when you when you get hurt, uh, you understand that athletics are normally a part of your identity. That's all you know. Um, and so for me, it was a really sh- struggling time. You know, I dealt with a lot of anxiety and wow. depression uh, that during my sophomore year. Uh, and I credit that moment um, for me finding my faith. And after finding my faith at the age of 19 and I found a second passion in human performance and wanting to learn more about the body and just diving into the training side. And so fortunately for me, I was able to stay on staff with Eastern Kentucky as a student coach. I was having strength and conditioning duties along with basketball duties on the court. So it's just a great segue into my career, really jumpstarted my career and um, made me realize like this is what I actually wanted to do. Right. So I was blessed to be able to find my passion at a young age and kind of stick to it. And then I was able to go to Fordham University, where I worked on my master's degree in media management, which is not (laughs) a exercise science related field. But I I really feel like it stretched me. Um, It caused me to grow in areas of understanding marketing and business and conceptualizing things that were outside of my comfort zone and then bringing them back home to the strength and conditioning space uh, was just really good for me during that time in New York City. Um, Just to be able to bridge the gap between uh, learning what people on Wall Street were learning Mm -hmm. and doing what we were doing in the weight room as far as training the body, the the mindset and uh, the emotional, spiritual uh, connection, um, which I call the triad. So uh, a big part of my approach in training is the holistic model. Um, where we're not just looking at physical training, but we're looking at how do we help this person develop into the best person that they can be, right? How do we maximize potential? And so I've kind of carved out a little niche uh, of my own in that space. And I went to Oklahoma City Thunder. And then that's when I worked on my master's degree in exercise science. Okay. 
Yeah, so that's where it kind of came full circle. Where the whole you brought it back back to the, the the basics with you know the 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 athletic and the conditioning. So awesome, awesome. Yeah, now go ahead. You were saying you were with the uh, Oklahoma Thunder. Yeah, so I got with the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they ended up paying for my master's degree in exercise science. So that was a blessing. Um, I really didn't know how I was going to get that degree. I always knew that if I wanted to advance to the highest level, I would need the didactic or the education to back it. Obviously, I had all the experience in the world and, you know, certifications and things. But at that level, they want you to have the the commas behind your name. So yeah, yeah. You, gotta, you gotta have a piece of paper, man. In some you gotta space. have the piece of paper, right? And so it was it was again nonlinear, but it, it worked itself out. And from there, Oklahoma, after doing two years there, I came here to Houston and found a home here with the Rockets. And I've been here going into my fifth season. Um and it's been it's been great. The diversity here in Houston is awesome. Uh, found a, a great community here and now I'm just planting roots and uh, looking forward to what we have in store with uh, the Houston Rockets, but also uh, me personally with uh, the community here. Yeah. Awesome. It's, it's, it's a great place. And, and the Houston Rockets are going to be better next year. Uh, so anybody that's, you know, <laughs> wondering why that, you know, what, what's happening here in Houston, trust me, we're working on some things in the city that's going to change, change the course. So yes, let, let me, let me dive in. Um, you know, you talked about that transition where you, you got hurt and then obviously you hit this period of kind of like depression, anxiety. To, how did exercise factor into helping you get out of that slump? Man, that that's great. And when I when I think back to that time, initially I didn't want to do anything. Okay. I, I know during the rehab process, like it was kind of forced to to go in and do the the physical therapy, and I could have did more things. Right, I still had my legs, and I just remember just wanting time um, to process everything. And I dealt with a little bit of burnout, and during that time, I feel like the uh, exercise end up becoming a, a channel or a gateway for me to dive in deeper with what I was feeling, right? So it allowed me to process my emotions better. Um, it allowed me to have a time away from what I was dealing with, the anxiety, the depression, uh, just a moment of, of calm, so to speak, uh, which was really important as I was just working through that. Because I think when you are dealing with mental health things and dealing with identity um, issues that it's important to settle into knowing that that that's happening to you. So obviously you want to seek help. I was working with a um, psychologist at the time, okay. um, but then exercise again was just it was just a gateway for me to uh, really feel my emotions, get away from my emotions, process them all in all in one. And I was able to get on the other side of that with a uh, newfound purpose, okay. um, my passion. And so it, it was definitely uh, a blessing to be able to have my legs and yeah. other that I can work around to, to sweat every day. You know, you, you mentioned like kind of getting on the other side. I know there's a barrier for a lot of people, especially when it comes to working out, because when you're in that slump, you don't feel like working out. Like, right. That's not your immediate go to like, oh, let me go to the gym. So how do you kind of get to the other side? Like, you know, when you're working with athletes, I'm sure they hit a wall. Mm -hmm. Pushing through that wall a lot of times is where the breakthrough happens. Yeah. And it's still a wall. 
So mm-hmm. what advice do you have for people who say, you know what, I hear you. I want to I know the benefits of exercise, but I'm still don't feel like it, for lack of better terms. You know, it's still tough for me to get up in the morning. It's still tough for me to go after work. How do you push through it? Yeah. The first thing I would say is that anything worth having uh, in life is, is uncomfortable. Right. So even if you are on this journey of, of uh, exercising or be, being in a mental slump or having a mental barrier blockade, you have to understand that we all have the, have that in us. Right. To to want to stop and to not want to uh, take the next step forward. And I, and I truly believe this, like if you become aware that you are dealing with the, the mental barrier, but then you become um, more intentional on the why behind the what, which is the exercising. Like, yeah. why is it so important for you to exercise? Then you get into conversations like my longevity, playing with my kids. You know, then you get to a bigger purpose. And in those uh, mental down days, mm-hmm. you are going to be able to think about bigger picture. And those 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 are the things that keep you going. Um, yeah. Because, again, as somebody who's worked out uh, my entire life, I would love to say that every day is great and I feel ready to work out. But that is not the case. To be honest, probably every day when I wake up, it's like um working myself into uh, going outside or going to the gym. It's, it, it's not as easy as one may think outside looking in on somebody who's who has it as a as a steady routine. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, if it's tough for you, you know, you you know, it's tough for the brother that's doing a nine to five sitting at his desk all day. So Man, it's, yeah. it's, the struggle is real, especially when it comes to working out. Communication is everything in a relationship. But unfortunately, when it comes to improving our communication, most of us never get to the core of real issues. We waste time going in circles and deal only with surface level problems. If this is you and you are desperately looking to have deeper, more effective conversations with the one you love, visit communicationhurdles.com today. This course combines conversations with real life couples and trainings from Dr. Nick Hardy. Learn how to address issues such as resentment, appreciation, safety, not feeling heard, and growing apart in your relationship. Sign up today at communicationhurdles.com to get started. Now, back to the Untherapeutic Podcast. You know, another barrier, too, that I hear people talk about a lot is this comparison trap. Yep. You know, going from once you get in a groove and a rhythm, it becomes a lot easier. Not easy, but it's easier. But man, going from zero to one, especially when you look on social media, you go to the gym and it seems like everybody is just waking up, excited to go to the gym. It's sometimes discouraging, you know, mm-hmm. even visually, you know, yeah. you go and say you're not at your goal weight or kind of your ideal space. And then you go to the gym and you kind of feel intimidated. Yeah. Man, it's, it's it's easy to say don't compare. Yeah. But there's so many images around us <laughs> to compare ourselves against, right? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And what, what what advice do you have in that space? Like, how do you not compare yourself to say the person that's on the treadmill next to you, or the person that seems to be able to go to the gym uh, effortlessly? Yeah, it's great. Uh, especially in today's world, right? So social media is the comparison trap, Mm -hmm. right? 
get on there, we scroll, we see these super fit people um, exercising and pushing heavy weights and looking good. And so that that can be something that we process through our eye gates mm-hmm. and it starts to get into our sleep, into our mind and it affects what we got going on. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. the most most important part to that is to understand that you were created as a unique, gifted, talented individual. I truly yeah. believe that by the creator. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it's a race and the race is not to be run with you and your buddy, but this is about you. You know, and I think settling into uh, some goals, some some goals and surrounding yourself with uh, a great community that can uplift you and encourage you on your journey is extremely important to ensure that when you do start to fall into the comparison track, you can remember that it's you versus you and you can go back to the goals that you set that you want to uh, accomplish and that you will accomplish. So I do think that it's important to make sure that we are focused on uh, what we have to do that's right in front of us. Okay. One rep, one set, one day at a time. And I think having that approach will really help you uh, stay locked in and focused on your individual journey. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that community. Um, how important is it that we have that community around us? And, and even on a very practical level, do you encourage people to work out in groups starting out or do you just mean your tribe in life? Yeah, I think you have to find what's authentic to you, right? Obviously, there's personality differences where some of us are introverted, some of us are extroverted, where being in a community and working out is like the best thing ever. But for another person, that may cause more anxiety. You rather have some solace in, in your workout time. Yeah. I think I think inviting the community, and I'm one of those people that really like, my, I, I love my own time. Okay. But I've learned uh, here recently, actually, that the importance of sacrificing kind of like my own time and inviting others in that it actually um, produces, uh, I would say, like more of a endorphin flow for me. Right. Okay. Because there's this energy that's connected where two or three or four or five or more people are working together towards a common goal. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you're in isolation, um, sometimes it can feel like that, right? Like you're alone in that, that yeah. workout and some people can grind through that. But what I've seen to be successful, uh, is, is group workouts. So I would encourage people to, you know, try a group fitness class, um, find things that you enjoy, you like, that you're passionate about. Maybe it's a dance Zumba class, mm-hmm. um, things like that. You know, yeah. the YMCA has a bunch of classes to do and try to find your, your tribe, try to find people that, have similar goals uh, that you have. Um, mm-hmm. Try to invite some people that can keep you accountable. Maybe somebody that you can inspire uh, to be uh, as far as their their focus level when it comes to training and working out. Um, yeah, I think just branching out and expanding your your community will definitely give you uh, the the edge in your own um, journey. Yeah. And, and and look, I know somebody is probably listening and saying, well, Willie, that's that's easy for you to say. This is what you do for a living. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about for, say, someone who may not be in this space, as most of us aren't. Right. Finding the time. You know, that's another barrier. You know, you have yeah. the mental barrier. You have this comparison trap. But another yeah. barrier, just man, I'm just too busy. Do you do you feel that's a real thing or do you feel like that's just an excuse that people use? 
No, it's a, it's a real thing. You know, I, I have um, a ton of people in my in my life that uh, find it very difficult to work out because of the kids or because of the um, work schedule. Right. And so you have to prioritize. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes back to that. Why? And I, and I truly believe even those that are struggling to find the time we have, to, we all have 24 hours. Yeah. And, you know, as a coach, it's, it's in me to want the best for other people and to know that you can carve out 10 minutes to go walk outside yeah. and to, to get some sunlight and to, um, uh, just, just get your, your heart rate up maybe just a little bit, right? When you're doing, when you're doing housework, uh, you, you're, you're watching the kids do that with some form of intensity, okay. right? Um, do some house yeah, right. Do that with some form of that room, man. Yeah, <laughs> just, just. I think the intentionality behind wellness, right? That's it, it's going to allow you to see the opportunities where you can um, find time for physical activity. Okay. And and so for people who are extremely busy, I would say start there. Start with just a walk. You know, five minutes out from the house, five minute minutes back. I can almost promise you that if you just start that five minute walk that you had in your mind, that intention is going to turn into maybe a little longer, right? Maybe you get on a phone call and you start multitasking. And then before you know it, you start to create this positive momentum and then, you know, it becomes a routine almost. And so I think that's a part of the um, struggle for us all, even myself, like when I'm struggling or I've racked up a few days where I haven't worked out. I'm like, okay, let me plan out where I can get that next workout in. And then let me plan out exactly what that's going to look like. Let me build from slow to a higher intensity. Every workout doesn't have to be extremely intense. It, it just starts with uh, simple, simple movement. Yeah, taking that first step. And that's good because I think sometimes we put the pressure on ourselves to go out and and, and be a triathlete when in reality, man, you just start with going outside, just being more f- active in general. Yes. yes. So, yeah, that that momentum is is, is critical. You, you work with athletes a lot. And I know the motivation is I mean, obviously, you motivate them to because you compete and you're going to get embarrassed <laughs> you know, in the game time if you're not ready. Right. But, but what have you learned from a motivation perspective that someone could apply if they were trying to encourage their spouse? To work out. So say one person is like on it, they're physically fit or at least they're, you know, moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. The other partner, not so much. How do you motivate the other, you know, without creating an unsafe environment, without passing judgment, without making them feel like they're not enough? How, what, what strategies do you use or what you recommend in those situations? That's so good. I think the first strategy is you have to listen. Mm, okay. You, you have to under, seek to understand that person and maybe the the the, the trauma that comes with exercising. Um, mm. Maybe the understanding of the constraints that they actually do have, and they don't have uh, the time in their day to exercise. So I think starting there allows you to have uh, more compassion, right? Mm. It allows you to be vulnerable in your process, even though you've made exercise a part of your routine. Mm-hmm. understanding that people are different. And yeah. so, right, I'm a coach. And so this is part of my passion, but what my 
two sisters, my mom, they, their, their vocations are completely different. Yeah. And so what I've learned um, through experience, and I haven't been perfect at this, is um, to listen first and then to just be an example, right? Be an encouraging example where people see the fruits of what exercise is doing in your life. And, and I truly believe this decision has to come from the individual. Nobody can motivate you into starting something for yourself that will be beneficial, right? Yeah. Research is, is, I mean, hands down proven that when you exercise, you increase your, your brain function. When you mm-hmm. exercise, um, you uh, decrease uh, mortality rate, you, yeah. you improve your sleep, right? Mm-hmm. So in the black community, we think about type two diabetes and heart disease. You decrease the likelihood of those chronic diseases, right? So you take the inflammation out of your body when you exercise. There's so many benefits that are there um, that we know. And I truly believe that people see the fruits of a positive attitude. Someone who's exercising, they're like, man, I want... That's just in a good mood. Yeah. Just a good mood, right? And then they're like, man, I just got my, my walk, my 20 minute walk in. And then they're showing that they're in a good mood. And then it's just like, hey, you know, um, do, do, do you want to go on a walk with me one day? Just extend an invitation. No, yep. no pressure. But, you know, I walk at this time. And I think just inviting people in to your space with no pressure mm-hmm. allows them to make that decision on their own. And hopefully they, they get there. And when they make that decision on their own, it's one of those things where there's going to be more internal accountability for them to stick with it. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. What about for, you know, another thing too, I, you know, that comes to mind as you were talking is you can hit, you can say you're in tip top shape, right? Mm-hmm. Right? You're killing it. You're working out, you got the routine down, all the bells and whistles, but there's still the subconscious aspect of, questioning how you look appearance and it's like everyone else could be like oh man Willie you in shape man you're doing it but like you still harbor hypothetically someone still may harbor these insecurities about your appearance Mm -hmm. how do you get your confidence and your self-esteem up to a place to where you know you're working out but you also still feel good in the process that's that's such a that's such a great question Mm-hmm. Because that insecurity, I feel like, lies with within us about our bodies. Um, it's just an, it's internal for everybody. Even the, the people that if you talk to them that look great and exercise six times a uh, a week and two times a day, and you re- they were able to be vulnerable with you, mm-hmm. they'll tell you like I do this because I remember the the chubby kid that was in in, in the tenth grade, and I don't want to go back there, right? <laughs> They, <laughs> everybody got another kid and they pass. They like nah. Uh-uh. They like nah, nah, right? So they they've connected a deeper why for them um, on why they actually train, you know, with with such uh, purpose. And mm-hmm. so I believe that we all inherently have that insecurity, okay. but just knowing that, uh, going back to what I said earlier, you were you were created. You literally were created with this vessel, with this body, and it it, it was uh it it was woven for you to um, maximize it, right? To the best of your ability, okay? And so when you settle into knowing that, all right, like, look, I got out of shape. I don't look the best. I don't feel the best, but you know what? I'm going to start today. Yeah. I think just that mindset alone allows you to settle in, to being a little bit more comfortable in your skin, 
Mm -hmm. Right. And we all deal with insecurity, but then it allows you to your point earlier to take that first step Mm -hmm. and that first step, that first rep, that first gym experience allows you to hopefully create some momentum where you have success. Right. And I think that's part of the problem why a lot of people either stop training or they don't stick to the routine is because they don't feel successful when they're doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't see the results right away. Yeah. Right. Or I'm doing this this form of exercise and I'm not competent at it. I'm not good at it. So then it decreases my confidence in it. So then I just stop. You know what? I'm good. I'm going back to what I the couch. The couch. Yeah. Yeah. I tried it. You know, I did the workout thing. I still, especially don't. Oh Lord, please don't get on the scale. And you right. Wait. Oh, that's that's the worst. Right. The worst is the scale. Right. <laughs> Stay away from the scale, especially yeah. starting out. It's okay. about how you feel. Um, gauge your mood, gauge your, uh, gauge those things versus the, the scale and the weight. Cause that, that can, um, that can hinder a little bit of your growth. I mean, I see that the elite level, like people are like, we are so, um, oriented to like a number. Mm-hmm. And so even our guys are, they'll get on there like, Oh no! Like I'm gaining a couple a couple pounds. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, come, on, come on, Willie. You supposed to you supposed to help me? You know, lose. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, they didn't tell you what they're eating, but you know. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yep. So uh, it's always the strength coach's fault. Always. Of course. Okay. You got to have somebody to blame. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Um, so, man, I think that I do. I do want to go back to that, man, because I really do think that's important. Where you're saying, hey, initially. You know, again, we are so numbers and metrics driven. Yeah. Allowing the mood to be the barometer of success and maybe the consistency and just, man, speak a little bit more on that because again, uh, you know, even in my traditional outdated thinking, I'm like, hey, first thing you got to do, get on the scale, see where you are, establish a baseline. You know, why, why in certain situations can that be counterproductive? Yeah, because I think what happens is you put, an, an expectation where there should be no expectation, mm. right? And so when you start to put a number somewhere and it, it becomes objective, right? Mm. And so it takes away the, the subjectiveness, right? And the subjectiveness is the fun. It's the yeah. journey, right? Like we know that the exercise, the routine, like making uh, physical exercise a part of your routine, it's about the lifelong journey, there's no destination for it. It's going to change day to day. Hopefully you find a routine, some consistency. You're going to feel great some, t- some days. You're going to feel bad some days. But if you have these numbers that you fixate on, I do think that it's important to have metrics. But if you have them where you fixate on, then it can cause you to, uh, uh over, um, have a- ambition towards this goal that may not be attainable. Yeah. And so if that, if you, if you process that, of what I'm saying, basically like if yeah, you that makes perfect a goal sense. of two, two fifteen, but you're, you're two fifty, and it's been a year mm-hmm. and you haven't, you're not even close to two fifteen. Mm-hmm. like, man, like yeah. you're going to, you're going you're to be upset. You probably feel like, man, what I'm doing isn't working. Mm-hmm. And so it deflate it deflates you. And I think it's all about trying to find things that um, you have success in early on. Okay. And then once you find success, you can start challenging yourself and setting um, goals that are ambitious and getting outside of your comfort zone and all you can get into the training side 
of the physical activity. But first, start off with how you feel. Mm -hmm. Take inventory. Okay. Just start off with like, all right, I want to sweat today or I want to get my heart rate just a little bit up to where I understand that I'm working something in there. Yeah. That is, that is going to help me over time. Um, in, 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 in my health. No, that makes, that makes total sense. And yeah, I, I just love the way how you explain it because you're right. I mean, the first thing we do is go to a number. And the truth is, I mean, uh, unless you have some coaching, sometimes we just make this number up. Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, I'm trying to get 190. Why, Nick? Why, why not 192? Why not 190? Right. There's, there's right. no rhyme or reason. Yeah, right. Aside from this is just this magical number that the last time I think I was where I needed to be, you know, and I'm sure I was there. I said, I need to be at 180, whatever that is, you know, it just becomes this moving target. Um, Yeah, 100%. Now, now this isn't related to relationships or anything like that, but this is the diet. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm always trying to steal uh, workout advice from people. I mean, what, what tips you got? And they always start with the same. Hey, man, it's eighty percent in your diet. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Give me, give me a supplement. Give me, give me a cheat code, right? <laughs> to, to this whole thing, right? But you know, the diet is a huge part. And obviously, when you think about it from a mood, when you think about it, 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 it carries the same, if not more, benefits. Yes, your physical activity. So. From that perspective, what advice do you have for people who say they work out, they got a nice little rhythm going, but man, when they sit down, it's just a struggle. Like I love sweets, you know, I love to, you know, eat fast food, whatever, whatever their vice is. How do you break through some of the mental barriers or when it comes to the stuff that we eat? Yeah, that that's so good. So, so good. And so Again, in, in my faith and what we believe in, we we believe in fasting, right? Mm-hmm. Fasting has come, come from uh, the creator and it's periodically, but I, I do do believe in the benefits of fasting. And so when we think about maybe starting there, if you ha- you're having gut issues, you're having digestion, um, <laughs> what's that? I said, oh, yeah, uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but I know, I know. So like, hear, hear me out though, hear me out. So. That's just that's a, a strategy I wanted to start off with. So you yeah. think about it, because what, what that does, it make it, it, it makes you realize that you don't need food. Mm-hmm. You need it. But like you don't need as much as you probably eat yeah. or it's, it's probably as much as you think you need. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it's a very difficult process. But I do. I, I like to start off with like when we talk about nutrition, like, can you go a couple hours without eating? Mm-hmm. Right. Can, can you actually do that? Yeah. And if you can't, let, let, let's start there. Maybe maybe, you know, that breakfast that you think you need, the, that pancake, the waffle for energy, for work that you think you need. Maybe you don't need it. Have you ever tried not eating breakfast or maybe pushing it back just a little bit mm-hmm. to see how you feel? Like is the cognitive are, are you are you thinking sharper or or do you need that energy? Maybe it is an energy supply that you need. I think everybody's body is different, but I like to start there because I think so many people think that they need, I see, I need to eat at least three meals a day or, or, or if I'm trying to gain muscle, I need this amount of protein. And I think nutrition is, is very tribal. So it's, it, it comes down to your experience with it 
and what you find is beneficial for you. Okay. And so I say start off with, you know, a little bit of, of pushing your meal times back. Okay. Start there. So maybe it's you eat breakfast at eight. Traditionally, you go to work, you know, at nine. Maybe you take breakfast to work and you, you have your first meal at 10 a.m. Okay. You know, and for lunch, you know what you do. Maybe, maybe you don't have a lunch. Maybe you have a bigger dinner. And so, you know, you create these little scenarios with your nutrition to see what works. Because again, with nutrition, it is fuel, 1000%. So I'm not telling anybody to not fuel their bodies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't go, don't try to go to weekend. You had Yeah, Willie, Coach Willie <laughs> told me, man, fast. That's the first thing he said was fast. No. First thing, man, next week I'm not eating. Yeah. No, no, no. Right. Or you just like laid out somewhere. You know, <laughs> that is not what I'm telling you to do. Mm -hmm. But what I am telling you is just to grasp the concept of it because it allows you to realize you don't need as much food as you think you do. And what happens, you do need sugar, right? Because sugar turns in, that's our energy, our energy source. But guess what? When you don't have sugar in your body, your body goes to metabolizing fat, mm -hmm. right? So maybe it's, it's simply in, in cutting the carbs break down into sugar. So if I, if I eliminate a little bit of carbs, maybe... I'm not eating carbs for lunch. It's just a salad. Maybe it's an oatmeal, a couple eggs in the morning, and then it's a salad for lunch versus it's oatmeal, a pancake, eggs, and then for lunch, I'm having a 12-inch sub from Subway. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I know I, I know money, money is a factor in, all, in, in this conversation as well, but I, I just believe that if we um, minimize the amounts of foods that we eat, I think our 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 population, our general population of people will be healthier. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, again, there's no denying the benefits short term, long term about being healthy. And so and it's not static. It's not like I was, I was healthy last week. So now I'm good. You know, it's something that we have to always invest in and reinvest in. And we're all on this journey together. So, yeah, that's that's a good point, because, again, so many people are like, man, if I could just get this one thing right and typically that one thing is the diet mm -hmm. starting with a, a, a fast any other recommendations for people who may be struggling in the diet area especially when you have like you know we all got that one thing for me it's dessert some people that may be sugary drinks some people maybe carbs yeah. what are some other ways in addition to fasting uh, so so for me personally my, my issues are salty foods and sugar like I love potato chips mm -hmm. love them like if I go to the grocery store and I get a bag of potato chips, they will not last a few days. They will last one. You got the bag and the passenger seat, you know, no, no doubt. And so we owned a corner store when I was when I was a young kid. I remember all the penny candies like I would crush all the penny candies. And yeah. so for me, understanding that sugar and salty foods are, are literally my weakness. Mm. I have to be careful on what I bring into the home, into the environment, knowing that my discipline or <laughs> my my ability to say no, willpower to say no to the whole bag is, is very limited. So guess what? I'm not going to get any bags. And so I, I think starting there at the grocery store, just getting the things that are going to fuel you versus getting things that you need to just have in the cabinets that are just there, you know, the Twinkies or just whatever, right? Or the kids, for some people, it's kids. They have kids me, with... Me, man, I'm killing the kids' fruit snacks. It's you like, know what I'm saying? Fruit snacks, daddy, you know? Yeah, 
Yeah, so find another alternative for fruit snacks for daddy. You know, maybe it's it's watermelon. All right, you know what? I'm gonna go with the apple today. Mm. I'm just gonna go and and I and I I truly understand like food is attached to emotions and stress and all these things. So it's not easy, but I do think you have to have a game plan. And so that game plan is not the fruit snack; it's the apple today. Mm-hmm. It's not the it's not the um, it's not the bowl of of cereal. But I'm gonna go with just uh, some protein. I'm just going to make some eggs today. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, you know, those small wins <laughs> at mealtime yeah. allows us to um, regulate our, our nutrition um, a little bit better so that we, we can be a little bit better in that area. And we all, it takes time and we yeah. all have our shortcomings with, with food. It's a process for sure, man. Any final advice, you know, again, whether someone is, a seasoned veteran in the gym, someone's just starting to work out, whether they got the diet and they're trying to take it to the next level, just any general advice you have for people who are trying to improve, which is all of us, <laughs> just FYI, you know, all of us should be trying to improve and grow throughout our lives. But anything that you found personally that has been beneficial to you and some of the work that, work that you do with athletes to help people continuously stay on that road to improvement. Yeah, find, find, find moments in your life where you've been resilient. Mm. Find moments in your life where you've been resilient. And so when times get hard or when things get difficult on your workout journey or your, your, your physical fitness journey, go back to your story and think about those times where you overcame those moments mm. and keep going, keep yeah. pushing. And so you have a mountain to climb. I can't do Nick Hardy's push-ups, mm-hmm. nor can he do mine. And so, you probably can do mine. I, I, can, <laughs> I don't know if I can do yours, though, you know? Yeah, I got that from somebody. It makes sense, right? Like on this climb in life, right? You're training for life. That's what you're yeah. training for. So I would say continue to run your race. Uh, continue to surround yourself with a great community of encouragers and people that uplift you and speak life into you during this process. And then find ways to challenge yourself a little bit throughout the journey, because I truly believe that when we get uncomfortable in our workouts, it makes us better for the the spaces that we have to occupy with our vocations and our family and everything else that we have to do. So more energy working out is going to lead to more energy in your life. Absolutely, man. Willie, I appreciate you. I really do. Where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? Uh, what's the best way for people to just get in contact with Willie Cruz? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, just type in Willie Cruz. Uh, I should probably pop up on there. And then on Instagram, Willie Cruz 20 um, is my Instagram handle. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Well, listen, everyone, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Untherapeutic. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and then subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, too. So thanks for tuning in to another episode of Untherapeutic, a relationship podcast with people who don't go to therapy. For more information, visit us online at untherapeutic.com and follow us on social media. Remember, Untherapeutic is not medical treatment and should not be seen as a substitute for therapy. 